Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that explores our guests' personalities and personal histories through the songs that have touched their lives. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Fort Myers-based artist Barry Von Bokel. Barry teaches studio art and art history at Florida Southwestern State College in Fort Myers. Over the years, he's lectured at The Ohio State University, Alliance for the Arts, and the Center for the Arts at Bonita Springs. He's exhibited with the prestigious alternative nonprofit space White Columns in New York, Sky Lab in Columbus, Reed Gallery at the University of Cincinnati, Country Club Projects in Cincinnati, Peel Gallery in Houston, and with the NADA Art Fair in Miami. Recently, his work was shown at Tempest Projects in Tampa, curated by Jay Dellinger, director of the Bob Rauschenberg Gallery in Fort Myers. Barry moved to the U.S. in 1993 from the Netherlands. He got an MFA in painting from The Ohio State University in 1997 and a BFA in 1987 back in the Netherlands. As an artist, Van Bokel is known for his ongoing annual Top 100 project that started in the Netherlands while he was still a teenager. In more than 35 years, through that project, he has charged millions of songs and painted thousands of musicians' portraits, which I learned about him during my time at the Alliance. It is exactly where this conversation is about to begin. Hey there, Barry. How you doing? Hey, very good. So top 100. Characterize it for someone who knows nothing about it in a fairly concise way. Um, the top 100 is, is simply a list that I compile as a music fan, and I compiled it as a teenager, and uh, that list stuck and um and so i've been doing that every year since 1983 and uh since like 1990 i've been illustrating all 100 songs with paintings or drawings is it a new 100 songs each year or is it a constantly evolving list of 100 songs it is a new uh list each year a lot has changed over the years in uh-huh. terms of music, uh, access to music. Uh, the digital revolution came along over that time. How has that changed what you're doing? And how much time do you spend looking for new music? Because, I mean, I, to come up with 100 songs every year, goodness. Um, that, it, it comes quite natural, I guess, uh, uh, I mean, in the old days, you know, you had to go to a record store, find new things, yeah, you hear yeah, yeah. word of mouth, uh, what's good and what's new and what's hot. And and these days, you know, with, with digital media, there are so many archives online. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in a topic, uh, in a particular topic within, you know, whatever genre, you know, you can just like research it and, and come up with... Uh, with, with song recordings that have been made in the context. So you spend a lot of time seeking out music then, I would I would presume. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perhaps not as much as in the old days, but, but yeah. certainly I... Uh, How do you listen to music these days? I mean, you know, are you using like Pandora and things like that that are feeding up music to you or are you always no, looking I for music? No, I do not. I'm always looking for music, always searching for the next thing. And, uh, and you're, us- you're using what to listen to songs? Um it is between uh, digital, like like I said, the archives that that a lot of like uh, um, you know a lot of organizations maintain an archive. Gotcha. And um, 
you know, but but myself, I have a, a, a quite a large uh, collection of uh, vinyl records. And, okay, and I have a record player in my home. How do you, you decide know? which musicians to paint? If you you know, if you've done thousands, but there's a lot more than thousands, like yeah. what, what strikes you on that front? That is determined uh, what comes in the top hundred, and the, what comes in the top hundred is determined by a weekly list of my ten favorite songs for the week. Oh. What and are your so What are your ten favorite songs right now? Ten favorite songs right now, they're all uh, uh, I, all non-popular music. They all come from uh, like ancient like field recordings done all over the world. I'm I'm kind of in the, in the middle of like uh, researching the the ultimate origin of music. That's 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 what I've been. So you're like a, you're as much anthropologist as you are a music fan. Then. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like an armchair. Uh, Ethnomusicologist, as you would call it. <laughs> I, I love that. I, that, 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 that you know, well, that, that helps me frame the songs that you've painted. Right, right. Um, so have you ever interacted with any of the, the musicians that you've painted or that, you know, have you we got to? Yes. And I would like, of course, to, uh, to, to paint the portraits of the musicians from real life, but that it's not very practical. Right. Most of the musicians that I choose are that anyways, but... Uh, um, but but yes, I've uh, uh, I've made like drawings and paintings at concerts. I've met with you know a, a few musicians. Hmm. So, what was the musical background of your childhood growing up in the Netherlands? Um, that was um, my first record that I ever bought when I was thirteen, and it had just come out on the market. Was never mind the bollocks by the Sex Pistols. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I. I you know, I couldn't say that that it it uh, stayed long with me like the punk scene. I kind of got into uh, hard rock or you know classic rock, gotcha. as you these days would call it. And uh, was there music being played around your house? Um, not so much. It's, right. it's more with with friends that we. Uh, you know, there was a club in town. I come from a small town in the Netherlands and a kind of a rural town. But there was a club and it was open every Saturday night and they had like uh, bands and, and stuff. Hmm. And, uh, What's the earliest musical memory you can recall? Oh, my God. Um, I I do recall, and this is not a musical memory, but it's a visual memory, that I was at an uncle's house and I must have been eight or nine and uh, he had some like uh, magazines about Beatles because he was a Beatles fan laying around, and I was completely like uh, intrigued with that. Mm. And, um, and my older brother, um, I'm I'm the youngest. Uh, both my siblings are much older than me, or much, uh, you know, um, relatively. And uh, and my brother also had like the best of the Beatles or whatever it's called. Were you so, a Beatles fan at that point, or uh, at that point? What did yeah, you identify but, with first? I mean, the Sex Pistols was your first album that you yeah, bought. Yeah, what, what I identified with at that point of the Sex Pistols, you know, the the punk had just like started right. become a rage, and I had like buttons of uh, you know of like the Damned and the Sex Pistols and the Ramones and. You know, I can and, see and it. Things like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you play any musical instruments or, or yes, throughout your life? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I um, I play guitar. Okay. And uh, I I don't play at all much at all for the past like twenty years really. But uh, but in my teenage years, I was in a in a heavy metal band. Or, really? Uh, yeah. What was it called? So, Cagey Crattens. Cagey Crattens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, uh, mostly like. 
cover songs, Black Sabbath Cream. Uh, we had a few original songs, but they're quite embarrassing. Somewhere there's like a tape like floating around. I was supposed to have it. But Did you look? Uh, I've, I've <laughs> been trying to find it. We can use it as adjacent that. digital content for this it's, episode. It's, <laughs> I'm not truly proud of it. <laughs> well, that's what makes it beautiful, though, Barry. Right. Um, uh, what brought you to the United States? Graduate school. Okay. Yes. And um, so when I was uh, 17, I, I applied for uh, Arts Academy mm-hmm. in the Netherlands. And at that point, I was in a band. And at that point, too, I uh, I, I decided that um, that art would suit me a lot better than music, simply because I had a knack for, you know, art and not so much for for music that, that you know. <laughs> uh, but you did aspire. I mean, you had a band. You played guitar. Was that kind of like your first like hope or dream? And then and then you realized you had aptitude and could move faster or further with art. Um, yes, I. Yeah, it was this like you know teenage things. And uh, when I, I quit, when I uh, the band when I uh, went to to art school, which was in a different city. You know, gotcha. The, the, the band was in our small town. You know. Gotcha. So um, at that point in time in the Netherlands, I mean, you mentioned stuff you were listening to. Were you an outlier in terms of what was being played in the culture? Like, were you a young rebel listening to that Western music? or I was, uh, you know, perhaps an outlier in the big scheme of things, if you take percentage-wise. Mm-hmm. But the, the subculture of, of, you know, People who are interested in the same things as I was was significant, hmm. you know. So I was certainly maybe an outlier, but certainly not alone. Do you remember the first painting that you did of a musician through ACDC, the lens? <laughs> Angus Young, and the first painting I did in the context of the top hundred uh, was uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze. Huh. Yeah. How did you wind up there as your starting point? Um, it. I always kind of had, uh, like I, I collect, still do, collected then uh, 45s. Mm-hmm. And uh, and lots of those 45 records, they have a a, a, a sleeve that is not like a, a picture sleeve, but it's like a, a company sleeve. Right. And I'll, you know, make my own sleeve for it. And, oh. Uh, oh and so in, in that year, I think it was 1989 that I did that Hendrix one. At that year, you know, Hendrix was big in the top 100, and I thought, you know, that's it. Very cool. So. Um, okay, uh, well, for, real quick before we go to your first song. So how many records do you have at this point? You have, if you had to put a number on, like, record LPs and, uh, and 45s? Um Maybe five thousand or oh, so. Oh wow! Yeah, I lost a thousand, about a thousand in the flood last year. Really? Uh-huh. Because of Irma? Yeah, because of Irma. Holy yeah. cow! Uh-huh. Yeah, my studio had like uh, three feet of water in it. Oh man, that must right. have been. Yeah. What but... does one do with flooded vinyl? Do you just pitch it? I pitch it. There's uh. there have been uh, um, maybe from like the bottom two rows of records on the wall of records that I have in there. Uh, I I maybe uh, salvaged maybe thirty forty of them or so, and um, but you know being in Florida I was kind of prepared I had like classical at the bottom, <laughs> and I was you know it 
It's not the main, like... I like the way you think. <laughs> um, okay, well, we are on to your first song. So yeah. what are we going to hear and, and why? What's the story? Okay. Um, um, or, or if you would rather... No, I'd, you, I'd you rather know talk the, before, okay, right before the, the song comes <laughs> on. Um, so this is uh, a, a, a tune by uh, Blanjo Reynolds. It was uh, recorded in um, 1949, I, I believe it was. And... Um, it's called Outside Woman Blues, and uh, the tune Outside Woman Blues, I, you know, I, I mentioned already I was a big fan of, of Cream when I was like 15, 16, mm-hmm. thereabouts, and we had certain, uh, several like Queen, uh, Queen, <laughs> hear me, Cream uh, songs in our repertoire. Queen is then. on our brains these days. Queen is Go on ahead. Our, <laughs> yes. And... Um, and, uh, uh, and so when I heard that song, which was... Precisely at that transition moment, uh, I hadn't, I wasn't accepted yet to the Arts Academy, mm-hmm. but I had applied, mm-hmm. and uh, and it it came like at a, at a very intense like transition moment, kind of like leading leaving the old world behind and mm-hmm. uh, and and starting the new one, and then I heard that that song uh, by accident, really. I mean, from the uh, from the library, I had like. Uh, uh, Borrowed a uh, a, C- a CD LP. It was back then still, I, I guess. Uh, you know, with like you know various like blues tracks on it. Muddy Waters was on there, mm-hmm. and then there was this track "Outside Woman Blues" by Blind Joe Reynolds, which I knew very well from from Cream, and uh, and I was completely blown away, and I and I completely realized that you know my focus has been like so narrow, and you know knowing. That that stuff was out there, and, and nobody, at least, and, and the people I knew, know, knew anything about. Like to me, that was like ancient, and it was yeah, like yeah. it was like real to me, and I, and completely like dropped cream and uh, just just started your that. track toward music ethnologist. <laughs> right, right, and so that was you know in a way that was like the origin of something that I was interested in, you know, and then I found like where it came from. And, uh, and that that was a, a big eye opener, and uh, you know, but let's hear it. Well, let's hear it. This is uh, Blind Joe Reynolds, "Outside Woman Blues," originally recorded in 1929. I saw Richard flurrying on the keyboard back right. there when you questioned it. Um, okay, let's hear it. Uh, this is again "Outside uh, Woman Blues" by Blind Joe Reynolds, 1929. Do you have that on vinyl? I don't have it on vinyl, no. Hmm. How often do you listen to it? Um, I actually I haven't listened to it uh, for years until, you know, I pulled it, it back out. Uh, yeah, and so yeah. what is it, uh, how does it make you feel, especially listening to it now with this sort of super mindfulness going? Yes. Um, well, one thing I would say that I was completely not aware of at the time when I first listened to it or when, when Cream was singing their version was uh, the lyrics. I didn't care about lyrics. Of, of course, mm-hmm. English was not my my, my first language. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I find it both very lyrical and, of course, as so many of those blues songs are, a bit like of misogyny in there too, you know. And uh, there were many, like, female uh, uh, blue stars too which I discovered much later mm-hmm. which had the complete like opposite uh, right, right. attitude towards uh, you know towards 
life, you yeah, know, singing yeah. about life and, and whatnot. But it's, it's, it's very lyric, just the, the opening line, if you lose your money, please don't lose your mind. That's, mm-hmm. that's just kind of beautiful, you know. Do you ever, uh, did you ever play it on the guitar? No. no. <laughs> do you ever play any blues on the guitar? Did you ever? Yes, yeah. yes, I, 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 I did, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was never very good at that. Guitar, <laughs> you know, but but, uh, but um, I, I picked uh, the guitar back up like a couple of years later um, into like my, my junior year, I think, in, in, in college, in mm-hmm. art school. Uh, and uh, we had a, a, a bit of friend of mine. We had a Dutch language duo, Annie and Barry, and she sang and I played the guitar and I did mm. background voices and... And uh, and that was that was a lot of fun and and those were you know uh, original songs and and mm-hmm. some of them are are quite you know interesting things I think, you're you know. still proud of <laughs> <laughs> more proud than the uh, the band whose name I've forgotten by KG Kratens. KG Kratens. Right, right. Um, uh, do do uh, do blues songs um, reside commonly on your top 100 list? Uh, yes, modern right. stuff and old stuff. I mean, uh, not so much modern stuff. Okay, very rarely. Uh, it happens every once in a while. Okay. Yeah, and um, oh, the, the one thing I, I wanted to talk about too, in, in the context of that song, sure, is uh, uh, that it it kind of it it like I said, it, it broadened my my worldview basically, and my worldview, you know, up until time was was very narrow, and and uh, you know, uh, so you know, within or band, my friends and I. I, you know, I think we were pretty racist and pretty misogynist at the time, and mm-hmm. I just didn't know any better. That's you know, and uh, it was also, uh, uh, you know, not until uh, my my art school days, you know, that I uh, first met a, a person of color, you know, mm. and uh, it, so that that's kind of strange, and uh, and I'm actually like. Uh, uh, Really happy I encountered that song. I would have encountered the song like Something it anyways. Something would have but, been that moment but, either yes, way, right? Yeah, right. Um, and so you went away to art school uh, and still in the Netherlands. What was it like when you came then to the United States? Um, or what was, I guess, that next besides, you know, going away to art school and, you know, seeing a bigger world? Kind of what was the next step that brought that world to you, con- you know, concretely? Right. Um, I kind of always had the the urge, uh, and, and music was a big part of why I wanted to come to America too, but mm-hmm. uh, but I had already uh, lived for a stint in, in, in Belgium and Antwerp and, um, you know, did, like, traveled a little bit and uh, and uh, so, um, and in the Netherlands I, I uh, met someone who was a, a visiting artist at the academy there and uh, and she said, you should you should go to grad school because I was kind of in a, in a lull a little bit. I had a, a couple of like really successful years as a, as a painter there. And then I kind of like gave it up somehow, like being like naive and too young and mm-hmm. Took not it for knowing maybe a little bit. Yeah. And not knowing really what I was doing and, and you know, who I was and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, and this person like recognized like, uh, you know, you got to take this serious and you know, hmm. got to, got to go to grad school. And, uh, how did you pick uh, Ohio State? Oh, uh, uh, she was actually at Ohio State. Ah, okay. So. Did you follow her there or you follow art there? Um, both, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right. Um, so what was it like? Uh, had you been to the United States before you went to school? I had not school? been to. So what was the yeah. culture shock like? like? What do you remember being the things that stuck out the most? 
um, what was what really in in uh, uh, what struck me the most was you know at that time I was like you know politically aware and and the Netherlands had such a such a, a name of, of like a tolerant country and and stuff. Right. I found that and this is of course in the, in the north in the big city and first in Cleveland and uh, uh, where I was for a few months before I went to Columbus. Um, I I found that. Uh, the people in the United States are much more tolerant than the mm. people in the Netherlands. Mm. That really struck me as, you know, like, wow, you know. You know, it's different uh, or it's, it's amazing how different um, – and I, I still see this today uh, – how different we are through the lens of the media and the way we're portrayed and the way we – actually deal with each other when mm-hmm. we're in each other's presence. Right, it's right. It's a huge gulf in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's it's just interesting to, to you know, listen to people and, and, and mostly uh, what I find, people have a real open mind about things, you know. And, yeah. Uh, so um, yeah. some music in your life today. You said you've got all this vinyl. What are you listening to when you're in the car? I mean, you're not spinning records NPR. in the car. <laughs> oh, NPR. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, so, I and especially uh, since my CD player broke in my car, it's just like permanently on, on 90.1. We had a guest come in uh, a couple weeks ago whose re- episode hasn't released yet, but his, his radio entirely broke in his car. So he bought a boombox from Family Thrift, and he plays his records or his tapes. Right. He plugs it into his CD or his lighter, you know, right, his lighter right. adapter, and he has a boombox sitting next to him, and that's <laughs> how he has solved his music problem, which I kind of that kind of resonates right, with right. me. Um, when was the last time you bought a record? Like, what was the most recent one you've added to your collection? Oh, I, I buy records every week at thrift stores, but mostly, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the most recent one that I actually, you know, paid like full money for. New, yeah, uh, as a uh, it's something that I ordered uh, from a French website. There was this; uh, they have these these series. Uh, Henri Lecomte, he, he uh, is a musicologist, and he uh, uh, was he specializes in in uh, Siberian culture. Okay, and he released a series of of uh, CDs with Siberian music and. I heard an, an interview with him in French, which I cannot really follow that well, but a few words here and there. Right. But the little <laughs> music bites were so interesting that I tried to find uh, uh, those those recordings, and and I could only uh, I had to go to to French uh, Amazon, uh, you know, uh, Amazon dot yeah. fr or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, do you ever use uh, the internet to listen to radio stations around the world? I do not know. There is um, – first of all, we had David Brancaccio from Marketplace uh-huh. on this show, and he talked about listening. He has some stations that he's a big fan of. Right. But there is a website that I stumbled across about maybe a year ago that has a map of the world, and it's got thousands yes, of I've dots on it. it. And I've you can just it. click, and then boom, yeah, it's the yeah. live stream of France hip-hop yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. thought that, that might I've, be I've, a, a rabbit hole yes. for you to get sucked into. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, um, I've interacted with it. I know the website, yes. Yeah, it's t- too modern for you, though, right? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, you know, sometimes I get like, uh, you know, there's these 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 like um, radio stations that kind of like are more obscure and they specialize, and, and sometimes uh, I find a link to one of those, and, right? And, and then you know, listen to a podcast or yeah, or, yeah. Or Do you ra- live radio or not? 
Yeah. Do you listen to music while you're painting? And if you do, does it correlate somehow with what you're doing? Um, mm, the answer is no. No? So you're sometimes, painting in silence? Yeah. Sometimes I, I put up music, but I have no idea what I'm playing when I'm getting into the painting. Gotcha. And, yeah. Uh, do you ever play music uh, as part of your teaching, you know, like in class or anything like uh, that? Like, yes, yes. Like as part of yes, the lesson? This, or uh, um, this, this, for the, this last semester, I did that for the first time with my class. I teach art appreciation mm-hmm. at uh, Florida Southwestern. And, um, and I started the class, I did the class this year a little different. I started the class with just like discussing like what is art, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so many students uh, uh, talked about music when they were talking about their definition, what is art. And so I asked them, shall I put like a, a little bit of like music history into our, into our course? And they said, yes, yes. And so, so I did that and, uh, and I, you know. What did you start with in terms of uh, adding a, a musical element? Uh, I, I started uh, um, because we start art history with, uh, with the prehistoric time. So I started with, uh, with recordings rock, rock, of rocks uh, banging together. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, with a, 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 a recording of uh, a, a shamanic ritual from the Sun people in, in South Africa. And that was just something you know you had on your in, in, on hand in your collection because that's how you roll. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And and you know. Sometimes it's, uh, um, you know, sometimes you think, you know, you got like music from every part of the world, yeah, but there's yeah. always, you know, there's always like little pockets that you've never heard of. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. You know, well, and you're opening so. my, you're, you're, you're help, I mean, the, your approach to music and what music is in the world is so much broader than uh, mine is that I consciously think of and so much broader than I think any of our guests have had yet. So this is really interesting for me. I'm trying to dig as far into it as I can. But I'm going to bring it back down to mixtapes. Did you ever make mixtapes? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like uh-huh. tapes, mix, songs, yeah, in yeah. order. And I you still chose. do it with CDs. Okay. And uh, actually, it's in my bag right there. Uh, I actually, uh, um, with my art appreciation class, yeah. since, uh, uh, you know, since music has three, it's not in the curriculum of the course. And uh, and so I did not want to like ask questions about music history in the final exam, but I had them do a final project of making a zine about oh. a musical topic that relates to an art historical topic. Mm. And so they probably had zine, fun doing that. I would they think. had a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, I I had some good responses, and you know because zines are like these things that you produce in an edition, right? And so you trade. And so it was a little the assignment was a bit self-serving because I got because the assignment too was to put a a, a musical mix like a, a CD into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then <clears throat> I I made a zine, uh, you know, in an addition, the class was in groups; they were not individuals, but there were like eight groups, and they had different topics, and so they all made a zine, and you know, I made my zine in an addition big enough so it could trade. But, the students, oh. the zine. You know, so, so, did you end up with some students' zine and, and mix? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. How was it? Um, unfortunately, the CD player that I have doesn't like to play the self-recorded CDs. Oh, right. And, yeah, yeah. But I'll get to it. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it finals week was last week. Oh, this is this is this has just happened. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Do you know Tom Demarkey, by the way, at, at all? He's a, a writing professor here at FGCU. Who he, we had him on. He has. 
um, he has a CD collection of like 11,000 CDs wow. and he makes mixes and he gives his students mixes at the end of the year. And he right. doesn't even put any thought into it. He just goes in, just creates random tracks, fills a CD, burns it. Random tracks from his collection, fills huh. a CD, burns it right. and just hands them out. He gave me two of them after the show. Yeah. We listened to it the other day. Um, live music. Do you have a peak live musical experience from your career? Do you do live music? Um Yes, but it's way too expensive these days. Yeah. Uh, but yes, and and uh, you know what? What's really nice, uh, you know, being at at Florida Gulf Coast University, they have the Bob Rosenberg Gallery. Oh, at Florida Southwestern. Florida Southwestern. Yeah, yeah. we so. know, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and uh, and and they have you know occasionally like very interesting uh, musical. Uh, performances mm-hmm. like dropping by. Just recently, I saw David Amram there, mm-hmm. who's like you know from the Beatnik generation. That was really great. And mm. uh, um, yeah, and and so I I don't do like the the big like stadium acts anymore. What about back know? in the day? Did you ever get to see like the Sex Pistols or any of that? I stuff I never saw the Sex era? Pistols. No, no. I, mean, I think the the favorite. My favorite concert of of a big time musician that I ever saw, I think, was Lou Reed. Oh, cool! That was that was really good. I could see that. Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, um, okay, song number two. Okay, song number two. Uh, that is a recording made by by uh, the composer Bela Bartok. He was also an ethnomusicologist. He collected uh, he collected uh, and and recorded in the field um, uh, from from you know uh, Slavic music. Uh, Himself, he's from from uh, Hungary. Uh, this particular LP that I have is a, a recording that he collected in Romania, mm-hmm. and uh, and on there um, are a couple of examples of uh, funeral laments, and uh, and and that particular album uh, when I found it at a thrift store at the time. Um, it, it it's kind of a stand-in for a tune that I have no idea what it's called, or but what I heard like years before that, uh, somewhere in the museum, and I've been trying to like search the uh-huh. the archives of the museums that I visited There's at the time. There's an imprint in you, right? Yeah. And so at the time, it it was uh, it had like Banshee was in the title, and it it was an interactive like. You know, the exhibit did. The exhibit yeah, yeah, yeah. did, yes. And uh, I have not been able to to find it. But uh, you know, at the time, you know, I put headphones on and the music was playing, and I found like that's the most incredible voice I've ever heard. You know, mm. and and then I kind of forgot about it, and then I picked up that L, uh, that LP, and that's when I kind of like put some effort in and uh, and trying to to find like that original recording. And now, you know, maybe I'm just crazy. I probably heard that recording while I'm searching for it and didn't think much about it at all. But, uh, but you know, over, over time, it, it started a... Uh, um, so I, I started searching with, like, you know, things like related to the Banshee and then it became, uh, uh, like, funeral laments and, and then it became, uh, um, you know, related things, cry singing, wailing, um and uh, and so I, I kind of amassed a collection from all over the world. Of a, I have about like fifty now, and you know every like half year you find another one hmm. of like uh, 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 musical performances where singers actually cry, and that you know that are uh, 
statements from hmm. and uh, and and so this one I picked uh, I, I guess not because it's uh, it's layman for that brother it's called there's also a layman of a dead father on there and and a couple of other ones as well um, but I, I simply picked that as as you know one of my favorite that uh, uh, layman and you know so stuff. when you bought this album. Were you already on that search and you knew this might contain no, something the search, on it? No, the search started right there. So when you got this album and you played it through, you heard this song and you thought, ah, we're right. now in the ballpark. Right, right, oh. right. And then the memory came back. Right. So the memory wasn't even, it wasn't even on your conscious plate until right. you heard this song. Right. It must have been like three years after I heard the song that I got to found that record. Yeah. All right. Well, this is uh, Lament for a Dead Brother from Romania. Uh, take it away, Richard. Quite beautiful, huh? Yeah. Um, do you? Uh, first of all, do you know any? Do you know what she's saying? Do you happen to know? No, I do not know. Um, 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 I imagine it's uh, uh, an obituary to, yeah. to the person. Do you know in this tradition if she's singing for her her dead brother? And they're recording that, or if this is more performative, in that they're trying to recreate the moment when you might be doing that. Um, I do not know if Bartok, when he recorded it, if he had this woman come to a recording studio, right, right. or if he was on location. Uh, the tradition, however, uh, are the tradition of, of uh, bosets. They are called. This was a boset that we listened to. The tradition, um, you know, remained uh, probably not so much today anymore, but uh, remained, you know, strong in in uh, in the tradition of of uh, the Balkan countries. What is it about that song and those songs that um, you know? entrance you is it the emotion it is, is it? it is the emotion and just you know you can actually like you know uh you can actually like hear the tears you know yeah and that uh yeah you yeah. can hear kind of gasping yeah between yeah, yeah, between yeah. phrases uh -huh. you know and and what i found like really interesting when i started to get into it that that tradition was like universal you know and and so it it Told me so that's not about, just a, a Eastern Europe thing. No, no, it's it's also in in Spain, it's in Ireland, uh, it's in, in South America. It's but it's also with like the indigenous people of, of Papua New Guinea. Uh, it's in Siberia. It's it's all over. It's it's more or less universal, you know. And and so, um, you know, it it, it simply uh, you know traditions they they. Um, they are stubborn, pretty much, and, yeah. uh, you know. So, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, I find that really interesting that it was universal. And, and yeah. so I, I, I kind of like started thinking about like, you know, what is music? That that kind of 
followed from from kind of that research and uh, and one of the, the first conclusions uh, that I made um, and also listening to these uh, to these funerary weeping songs was uh, there are like uh, you know ninety percent of those funeral songs were sung by women you know and uh, and from that moment on I I, I prefer a woman's singing voice to a man's singing voice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my, my latest top 100 last year, uh, it had about, like, uh, uh, of, of the pieces that were vocal, uh, the, the singing voice uh, was, like, nine out of ten times uh, a woman's singing hmm. voice, you know. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, the, the zine that that I made for, for my class, uh, it, it it's called The Region of Music. And it's kind of like a, a compilation of like thoughts that I had, and and you know, it it I talk about song by song on that, and it starts with a quote uh, from uh, I forgot the professor's name, but <laughs> it was from 1949, and uh, <clears throat> and, uh, 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 and and she states that that you know the the original. Uh, um, a woman was the original musician. Women were the original musicians. Yeah, that's the, the quote. Yeah. Do your top 100 songs, is number one the top one, or is it just 100 songs that are your top songs? No, it's, it's, there's actually a point system. So when I make uh -huh. the top tens, number one gets you got 10 big, points. You got a big Excel document or something, or is this all yes. being done with paper and it, pen? It, <laughs> the first like uh, 25 years was done with paper and pen, and so huge binders full. But now it's uh, in a little, uh, you know, a little folder document. When does so. it come out? Uh, it... it or when will I, the, I used like, uh, yeah I used to be uh, quite rigid yeah uh, about it and it was in uh, uh, I would you know it would run to January first uh -huh. and I would do the show because I need additional time to paint a hundred I would do the show in, in March and but I'm I'm taking it much looser now and and there's been years that I've been so busy that I've gone on for a year and a half before I. Got like the gotcha, you know, and yeah, you know, it's okay, yeah. Um, and so, I, I the, the last one I did was in the, in July of this year. What was the number one um, on that list? Um, MIA, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, MIA, a beautiful performance, uh, live performance at, at Ladderman of, of Born Free, in which uh, um, it has a that song has a sample of a uh. Uh, of a track by, by Suicide, which is 70 bands with Alan Vega and Martin Raff from New York. that had a sample in it. And on Ladderman, um, uh, Martin Raff was actually performing with her. Uh, that's a really So it's the live performance the from live the David Letterman show. Yes. What yes. are the criteria that you are numbering? Like, I don't want to go too far into the weeds, but, you know, if you've got a number system, so what are, what are sort of the, the benchmarks that you're striking against these songs? Um, there's, there's not really criteria. It's just so uh, subjective, you know. Right. Well, that's what I figured. But typically, it's, it's simply like music that strikes me and I, you know, right away I write down what it is so I don't like yeah, yeah, forget yeah. it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, you know, that's that's kind of how it goes. Are you a singer? I am not a singer. No, no. not even when you're alone. Um, well, I, I discovered something like really unique, just like recently, and uh, um, you know the the, the thing, you know the Tibetan mm -hmm. thing. If you're like 
in a bath and you put your head under water <laughs> and you go like, oh, and it's really intense. It's like, it feels like the whole water and your whole body is like vibrating. And so, I mean, um. <laughs> I've got something you got to try when you get home. Okay, the guy that All made right. our theme song is named Dave, Dave Cowan. We call him Dave, Dave, Dave. Back in the day, we lived downtown Fort Myers, right near downtown, um, and we, we you know, it was part of years. And he had this thing he used to do called oven racking. You take your oven rack out. Uh-huh. You tie shoelaces onto two corners of it. Uh-huh. You spin the two laces, shoelaces around your fingers. You stick your fingers in your ear. And then somebody bangs against it. Oh, my God. With different, like, some wood spoons, some metal spoons. And you have the most insane symphony of sound that (laughs) enters your entire body. I got to try that. You got to try that. So (laughs) that's just what you made me think of. So so do you ever own at karaoke? (laughs) (laughs) Do <laughs> <No. laughs> you ever do karaoke in your years? No, I, I, I never do karaoke. Even though I, I, I do think that I'm a better singer now than I was actually a singer. Oh, right. You know? Yeah, yeah, Or yeah. I was never really a singer, but I did some background vocals with a duo, you know. Did you that. have stage – I mean, were you nervous? Were you a nervous singer? Was it, was it uh, you know, because some people just they, – they're, they're not good singers. And some people just have that shyness where if there's somebody else paying attention, they get caught in that loop of trying to see themselves through the other person's – Right. I'm, I'm a pretty nervous person, but, um, you know – but when I sing, I you know, and and uh, and that's what you know. My my partner in that band, they like my deep voice. So, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So I had you to, do. Like, you do have a pretty deep voice. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have a, a favorite band? Cat Power. Cat Power. Absolutely. I don't know Cat Power. You what don't is know Cat, Cat Power? Power? Yeah. Cat Power is. Uh, you said it like it's like yeah, yeah yeah you know. Cat Power is the Rolling uh, Stones, uh, man. <laughs> and uh, uh, Cat Power started in the late 1980s, and it was the band of Sean Marshall. Uh, they only did one LP, and Sean Marshall went solo, and and she simply was Cat Power. She is Cat Power. Okay. Sean Marshall. She actually lives in Miami, and oh yeah, and she had a you know. Great career behind us. How many year? Or how many times did she wind up on your list? Oh God, a lot. Um, maybe if it's your yeah, favorite band, probably. I, mean, uh, um, I hope she's not listening to this because it may sound kind of obsessive. But I think I've made fifty, sixty paintings of, of Cat. Wow, where are all these paintings? Uh, most of them are in boxes. Okay. Um, I did a show in the uh, in, in in Tampa last year. Tampa's projects and which was curated by by Jay Dellinger um, the curator of um, <coughs> of the Rosenberg gallery right, right. and uh, and uh, and so you know uh, between conversation between him and me we selected the works and uh, and he wanted like a whole cat power wall and and so wow. we made a whole Did cat you ever get power to see wall. her perform live I've seen her many times yes. yeah Did you ever uh, get to meet her um no, I haven't. And I was just talking to a friend of mine, like, what would I say if I meet her? You know? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Sean, I've done like 60 paintings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's... <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you, um, you, you might, you no, might, you might stick that... in her memory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I, I will meet her one day. What is um, it about her music that it makes it your thing? It, is, it, it, it seems like... Uh, it seems like both like new and old. It seems real. It, yeah. it seems like it, it's a continuation of a, a a tradition that that started with like blues music, you uh-huh. know. And then there's uh, 
in her music too. She kind of like easily like you know uh, slips in a a a, uh, a stanza from like a blues song within her own songs, and and uh, it's very like flexible in, in, hmm. in that way. And it's uh, I don't know. I I you know I, I the first time I saw her was in nineteen ninety. And um, no, 2000. It was 2000. Um, and I, uh, you know, bought a CD from the stand on the, at the place, and uh, been a fan ever ever since. Hmm. Um, you sounds like you listen to a lot of music piecemeal. Do you listen to albums all the way through? And and the real question is: Is are there any albums you have to listen all the way through because they're so good? And if you get them started, you just want to hear the whole thing. Um, not really. Not really. It, it used to be that way, you know. Um, you know, my friends, you know, they're always like those musical purists. I don't consider myself a musical purist, you know. And uh, are there you know, any? And, uh, there's these concept albums, but I typically only like five minutes of them. You know? Gotcha. Are there any modern mainstream bands that are popular in the culture that you are also a fan of? Um, well, I told you MIA was in my number one last year. Right. But I, I really don't like listen to, to popular music at all. You hear it, of course. Yeah, yeah. And uh but no. And if if anything it it would be found, you know, within the the probably the, the hip hop context. Gotcha. I, I think. All right, we are moving on to song three then which will drive home the point you were just making. So what is our song number three and, and why is it on your list of three? Okay. Uh it is uh um this is actually a song that I recently uh, discovered, and uh, and it is a, a, a recording of uh, the indigenous people of the Andaman Islands. Uh, now, the Andaman Islands are uh, in the Bengal Sea off the coast of India. They were recently in the news because an American missionary, um, uh, John Chow, I think his name was, uh, he, he went there to... Uh, to introduce Jesus to the people, and you know he was spared uh, to death there, and and so that was like international news. It made the yeah. headlines. Oh for, yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, and apparently he himself saw it coming because they published this his his diary and right. and uh, and and he said uh, if something happens to me, don't try to recover right. me. He had, right, right, he had right. That in there, but anyway, um, so. Uh, um, the interesting thing about uh, the the um, the Andamese uh, people is that they are believed to have been cut off from human evolution simply by being on an island and having no contact whatsoever with uh, with anyone else, and so evolution stood still a little bit, and and so therefore um, it is perhaps uh, uh, you know the. the closest analogy that we have in studying paleolithic people prehistoric people you know and uh, and uh, um, now the there are several groups in the Andaman Islands and uh, the group that that is completely that we don't know anything of and whose language we don't know and and simply they have been completely undisturbed uh, by design by the Indian government uh, are these Sentinelese people, and this is uh, where uh, John Shaw uh, what he sought out. Uh, there are however several islands and and other islands 
uh, they have been contacted, and uh, uh, but you know they they still live in seclusion. And right. I was actually really surprised that there was a musical recording. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, it was made in 1960 by the uh, by the Indian government, the the uh, uh, anthropology department of the Indian government uh, made that recording in, in 1960. And so I was really surprised. It may very well be. The only recording uh, that is, you know, ever made of, of the uncontacted people of the Andanamese Islands, and and you know, therefore, you know, perhaps the closest analogy that we have uh, on sound of of the origin of music, and uh, so um, in this case, it it is a a, a mixed chorus, both uh, boys and girls apparently are. are singing and they don't the recording I've been looking at at several websites for uh, more data uh, surrounding it but it, it just says uh, uh, Port Blair on the Mount Islands and, and Port Blair is the part uh, that is you know open for, for tourism uh, mm. um, and you know I don't know to what extent in 1960 it was uh, uh, it was in the same case, oh, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, huh. um, but but certainly, uh, um, you know, the, the people that we hear, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, they they perform a musical tradition that they uh, believe that that is, uh, you know, at least thirty thousand years old. So. All right, well, let's hear it. Were you already aware of that music or that recording prior to this news story breaking about the guy, or has that all no, kind of I come just, into your world recently? It just coincidentally that I found it recently. I, I knew about the, the Andaman Islands for a long time uh, because I, I, I traveled to, um, uh, to India on a, on a grant, and I stayed like uh, several months in, in India. And uh, I visited the, the Kolkata... Um, National History Museum and, you know, they had a display uh, about the Andamans and they had, you know, some... Hmm. And so uh, I, I, I was aware of them and, and also uh, they have been in kind of my, my um, how would you call it, uh, uh, repertoire of, of like... Uh, uh, of like stories that I have to kind of supplant uh, the art history materials that I sure. talk about. Sure, sure. And uh, there, there was always this, this. Um, I found this, this picture, and it, it used to be. It's, it's not there anymore. It used to be the picture on the Wikipedia page when you like search uh, the Andaman Islands, mm -hmm. and they had this, this picture uh, of a uh, of a woman who is like mourning the death of her. Uh, or mourning in the mourning period, and she wears around the neck the skull of her husband. It's such an amazing picture, and, mm. I, and I always knew I'd love to make a painting of that. And so now I have the opportunity to <laughs> to make a to make a painting of that because it's 
you know, it's in the top 100. I'm kind of curious how many people listen to all the all two minutes and 47 seconds. Of this. <laughs> um, you know, do, do do we know what they're saying? I mean, do do anthropologists, do historians um, over there, is there do they know what their language is? Is there a call and response going on there like we would think uh, of it today? It it is actually a turtle hunting song. Okay. Uh, but like I said, you know, uh, and and they may be uh, um, the they may be recording of the greater Andaman uh, people, uh, you know, who they have like researched right, a lot, right? And so they may know their language, right? Uh, they're all related to one another, but they're you know less secluded than the Sentinelese, and and um, there's a couple of other yeah. uh, names of of uh, people that live on on several islands too, and 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 so they they um, may be able to to translate that yeah yeah well it's it's it, what i was thinking about was i was connecting it back to your to your middle song to where you had this idea that we have these laments that are throughout different cultures around the world and then this being sort of untouched culture so it's a direct link back and you can imagine all the little places where humans were popping up over time expressions not necessarily maybe exactly like this, but like this. And there's something really connect, mm-hmm. connecting about that thought process. It's pretty fascinating. Thank you for putting it all together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it was fun to, uh, to having to pick three songs. Yeah, how did you how you did know? you do that? What is uh, for someone like well, you? What was your process? Uh, well, of course, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to pick songs uh, that come with a story for me personally, you mm-hmm. know, and there's, of course, like millions of others that, that have that too. I, actually, on my uh, on my blog that I, you know, post all my new paintings up, uh, I, I write a little story about every single uh-huh. song that, that's in the top 100. So. And, uh, but, uh, but it seems like that these three songs, like, represented for me something significant that I learned about the world, myself, uh, music, uh, art too, for that matter. You know, art is all. Of course, it's uh, it's it's very close. It's, it's kind of interesting that those Andaman people that um, they do not have instruments, uh, and they uh, and their art is just body painting. There's no like they don't make like artifacts. Oh, really? You know, and so. Uh, um, yeah, and I kind of like always believe that the region of art is like painting the body. That, yeah, that's yeah. where it starts, you know, before they go. The skin becomes like the canvas. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, what are you on the search for these days? Anything that it, what's your what's your uh, your your white whale? <laughs> um, oh gosh, I'm I'm kind of in a in a flow at this moment because you know because of this this zine that I did of of of. Uh, um, of like the origins of music, and and uh, and I'm just like you know discovering like, it's, uh, and I, I don't know. Uh, so it's <laughs> it it will lead me like wherever the wherever your your brain and your now computer the, and your mind and the top hundred this year they are uh, you know there's going to be like. A handful of like uh, uh, popular songs in it. A handful of of uh, of of 
free jazz. That's a topic that I kind of like still like, uh, uh, you know, I when I see a free jazz record at a wherever second-hand record can't store. You re- can't resist that. I can't resist, and I love <laughs> listening to that. And and also uh, uh, modern classical, certain modern classical oh, really? music. Uh, that but that know, seems like, almost surprising to me at this point in the in the arc of our conversation. Really. Maybe no, know. no, not really. As, especially if you if you think of of a person like John Cage, uh-huh. and because you know a person like John Cage is is very much like like interested in 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 like uh, uh taking music apart right. and, and 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 uh and presenting it for what it is like like really investigating you know asking the question to himself what is sound what is music mm-hmm. and uh, so and also there's like uh, uh Joan La Barbara uh, also a modern classical singer and uh, and she made a record uh, that is called um, uh, "Voices the Original Instrument," you know, and uh, and I mean it's it's uh, modern classical music is is in a sense you know closer to to or attempts to to more like capture the human spirit than mm-hmm. than uh, commercial recorded yeah. music. Does, Absolutely. In a way, you know? Seems like everything for you is it's it's like authenticity. You're you're looking for authenticity or, or you know, yeah roots, yeah. authenticity, and exploration. Yeah, and curiously enough, I search for authenticity in my art too. Even though I just like paint pictures that I you know that are like uh, from like you know record sleeves or yeah yeah you know. But but within that it it and this is like with traditional music like the blues it's. It, the basic is like so simple, and and mm-hmm. but the indigenous music it's even simpler than that, you know. And mm-hmm. then, uh, this like one four five blues like scheme, and but it, you know, with it being like so simple, it kind of like allows you to to kind of like improvise freely rather yeah. than if you have a comp- complex structure, it, it it becomes about it becomes formal, it becomes about structure. Yeah, yeah. And when there's a simple structure, that is kind of like becomes like. Indigenous to uh-huh. you, you yeah. know, like it, it becomes like language more, you know, and, and you can freely uh, just yeah, I can see flow. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, my last question is is always: um, Is there any music you'll always turn off? It comes up on the radio, and I have a feeling the answer for you is all of it. Um, I'm not a I'm not much of a radio turner yeah. alpha. No. Yeah, well, I mean, are it's, there any it's more it's that... more the other way around. If I play music. Other people turned it on. There you go. Okay, well, we're going to leave it at that, Barry. You got right. any final thoughts? Um, well, any final thoughts? Uh, um, check out my blog spot. Uh, come see my paintings at my studio at 150 uh, Madison Court. And uh, and thank you all for listening. And, and especially to those of you who uh, listened with an interesting ear to that last track, which uh, turns off. I know many, many people. Yeah, but thank you for broadening our horizons because they have been broadened. (laughs) Thank you. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is the co-creator and host of the show. Tara Callaghan is our online content producer. Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studios in St. Pete. This week's parting tune comes from our guest from episode 11, Katie Haas, who was then from Fort Myers, but now lives in Ohio. Eric Clapton, Layla Unplugged, 
And it was during a time that uh, my all my brothers played sports, but the, the brother who's the closest to me in age was playing football. And um, every Friday night, we'd have to drive somewhere across the state of Florida for his football game. And it was at a time that my parents were going through a really difficult time in their marriage and subsequently got divorced a year later after this. But even that that memory of sitting in the back seat of the caravan with the two of them in the front seat not getting along very well and having adult conversations slash arguments and I just put my Walkman my headphones of my Sony Walkman on and just uh, played this single over and over and over and over again more more so to drown out the conversation and to get away from the moment that I really didn't want to be in and be a part of and um, and it's funny, whenever I hear this song, even, uh, how many years, 26 years later, <laughs> it still brings me right back to that caravan. So Keep listening. And so I went to music for it because I knew that listening to certain things would make me feel a certain way, maybe feel certain feelings. And so I, I just Googled. You know, songs that make you sad. Just well, what the heck? Let huh. me just. I was researching, right? This is what huh. I do. Let me figure out how this works out. And and I just I listened to many, many, many songs that came up. And this one, the first time I heard it, I said, "That's the one. That's the one." <laughs> 